2020 has not been a kind year. The COVID-19 pandemic. Coronavirus. 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 A coronavirus outbreak on the continent could overwhelm the already fragile healthcare systems. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our final episode of the year. Yay! I'm Jackie Oparafatoe, the editor of African Science Focus, a sidedev.net production. This year has really been challenging, but we are truly proud of the impact we have made in these past five months we started off with our podcast. Fiona Broom, the global editor for sidedev.net, is with me for this final episode. Hi, Jackie, and hello to you all. I'm Fiona Broom. I'm part of SciDevNet's global team, and I'm so proud of all the stories that our team in sub-Saharan Africa has produced for Africa Science Focus this year. Jackie and I caught up this week for a virtual coffee to look back at some highlights from the year and reflect on why SciDevNet created the podcast. Let's take a listen. Okay, you ready? Okay. So, Jackie, why did SciDevNet decide to create the Africa Science Focus podcast? We created the podcast because of the need to provide a platform for researchers, policymakers, and the ordinary Africa living in communities, the opportunity to discuss issues regarding science, health, technology. We want to hear from them issues that are most important and that needs to be solved. We intend for this to be a channel that will bring positive change to livelihoods in the communities in Africa. Yeah, we've had a strong reaction from a lot of people who've been listening to the program and really appreciate what you, Jackie, and the rest of the team have accomplished. We want to reach people all over the globe, not just in Africa. And we had a comment from one such listener. This was sent in from Peter Thomas earlier this week. Let's hear what he had to say. Hi, Africa Science Focus. It's me, Pete. I just want to say what I think about the programme you produce. It's really brave and ambitious. For us in Europe, you cover a lot of content and it doesn't feel like it's too sciencey or just for researchers. I've heard about innovation and problems faced by real people and I love hearing from those actually affected. Compared to the everyday media in Europe, this feels far more personal and accurate. Last week, I listened to the episode on fish consumption in Zambia and how it's causing blindness. Listening to the residents, it feels like they need hardly any support or medical care. I just hope that someone is listening who can provide what they need. Keep up the good work. Pete here. Thanks for that, Peter. We also want to give everyone a level playing ground to speak freely in the bid to find solutions and discuss on what is best. We've covered a whole lot of inspiring episodes, which makes me very proud as an editor. For example, the episode on labia elongation was an episode I'll never forget because it brought back a lot of memories I had while living in Cape Town. I went to an East African salon and met some young women who were talking about it and how it is the best thing to pull as it will increase the sensation in that area. And that's the way women will enjoy sex more. It sounded so strange until we had that episode and it became more clear. So it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite interesting to see how science, religion and culture interplays in Africa. Such a delicate and complicated topic. Let's take a quick look back at episode 17. Labia stretching, also called labia minora elongation or LME, is known to most women in sub-Saharan Africa. 
It is the act of lengthening the inner labia and with many cultures insisting on elongation, the practice remains common in Eastern and Southern Africa. But it also remains controversial. For some, labia pulling is an expression of tradition. But others condemn the practice as female genital mutilation and a violation of girls' and women's human rights. Our reporter Njenje Chizu in Zambia investigates the tensions surrounding this issue. A controversial and cultural subject. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, you can catch up on that and all of our episodes on the website, sidev.net, or on your favorite podcast app. So to learn more about this connection between culture and science in sub-Saharan Africa, we spoke to Vicenzia Schuler, who's an adjunct professor at the Nelson Mandela African Institution of Science and Technology. And she's also a researcher at the University of Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. I should say that uh, religion is part of culture and science is also one of developments within various cultures. Therefore, one can say science and religion are product of a society where we derive various cultures. When we look at health, it's important to understand that health is a fundamental component of culture and it draws a lot of its practice from faith and science. And here I have to be clear that uh, there's a distinction between faith and religion. Hence, for example, female genital carting or mutilation, labia elongation, etc., are not considered as religions, but faith-based practices based on the surrounding cultures. So, when we want to link uh, between religion, culture, and health, it's important to know that many people usually fail to distinguish between health practices, religious practices, and other practices. And for women, it becomes more complex because most of the time, activities, initiatives, or approaches towards women are not scientifically proven to be on favor of women, but they are considered as cultural important in favor of the existing cultural governing systems, which are mostly patriarchal. Thanks, Vicenzia. And Jackie, you really enjoyed one of our recent episodes about fertilizers made from urine. I do really loved the urine fertilizer episode as well. It was really difficult to pick out what to leave out from the discussions and what not to, because um, what really stood out for me was that it was a pressing problem for fertilizer is a pressing problem for smallholder farmers in sub-Saharan Africa, and that in this community they were able to get, you know, someone that was so innovative to create an avenue for them to distribute and even buy their urine to turn it to fertilizer, which they gladly refer to as liquid gold. Yeah, let's have a listen. Every day, Goodfell collects 20 litres of urine from the market. 
This might not seem much, but after the urine is diluted with water, it creates 200 liters of magic liquid, which God few thinks is better for the soil than chemical fertilizers. In Malawi, I would say 75% of the soils in Malawi are damaged. They, they are exhausted. They are not fertile enough. Uh, most nutrients have been lost. Uh, we have depended on chemical fertilizer for many years, which are imported. We have to practice organic farming. We have to incorporate most of, of the organic matter into the soil. So that's what I'm doing. And also the sustainability. The fertilizer we have is naturally sustainable by nature. A human being will eat what is grown on the soil. And whatever comes out of the human being must go back to the soil. That's very sustainable now and forevermore. It also should be noted that there is now a whole lot of working in the upcycling sector in Africa where they are more in, they are really now interested in turning waste to use. Absolutely. And when we talk about upcycling, we mean taking something old and giving it a new purpose in life rather than recycling. You'll notice that a lot of the science in action that we discuss on this show relates to rural communities where compromise often has to be made, particularly regarding engineering. We spoke to Edgar Bayani, who's the country director for Community Energy in Malawi, and he told us a little bit more about upcycling in East Africa. Uh, it is uh, still in its infancy, and mostly, like in Malawi, it is dominated by women who make some craft out of, uh, you know, plastic and the things like those. I know one or two who are doing it at a most commercial level. I know one who is using tires to make chairs and other stuff. I think this is for Malawi. Um, I haven't seen much, of course, in terms of utilizing things from e-west. I think uh, that is something that probably we need a little bit more exposure and probably even uh, research on. But as for Africa, I know that the other countries are advanced and than others. Uh, I think I've been to Nigeria, Ghana and South Africa, where I've, uh, I've seen great upcycling businesses and yeah, they're doing fine, but in general, I think uh, as Africa, we're still under development. Definitely policymakers, government, and the, all other sectors that are involved really need to take upcycling sector seriously. I think African countries are to a large extent agro-based economies, and uh, poor waste management definitely has an adverse effect on them. Upcycling is necessary uh, because it will create new jobs and help us to manage our waste and protect the environment. Thanks there to Edgar. Jackie, the episode that we've probably been most proud of was our episode about obstetric fistula. Why was this one so special to us? Because it made an impact. It changed someone's life. And, you know, we have we, we have a way or, or a strategy where we send a podcast episode to WhatsApp groups. We have an audience where, you know, a large audience of WhatsApp groups that we send our episodes to. So Blessing was one of the people that listened to that episode. She had just given birth, and at that time she was afraid she had fistula after listening to it because she lost control of her boils. She was almost urinating on herself. She, she just lost control, and she was afraid and was quite worried. And she sent us a question and in her question and answer segment, and we got an expert and you know now she has been given an appointment and we are eager to await 
And although she told us that the doctor said she might not have fistula, but still give her, give, give her an appointment for a comprehensive checkup. We hear from Blessing now. My name is Blessing Olamide. I am 38 years old. I recently listened to the broadcast on Life with Fistula. I want to thank SideDev.net for helping me to allay my fears that I may be living with the condition. I then sent my questions to them, of which an expert responded and gave an address to a health facility that tests and treats people with the condition free of charge. I have called to book an appointment with them. I am so grateful to SciDev.net for that podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks to Blessing for letting us know how she's getting on, and we wish you the best of health, Blessing. Yeah, we're happy to be a part of Solution and proud to be bringing voices from Africa Truth Podcast. You know, the podcast community in Africa is slowly growing and there is a whole lot of range of topics covered, but science is quite rare. We're happy that we are playing in this field and we are in this to stay to make sure that the impacts we created it for will be actualized. And it should also be worthy to mention that we got an award nominations from Apps Media for the media and entertainment category. We're happy for the recognition and we shall be bringing more magic this coming year. Please stay with us. You can send us questions regarding your health and lifestyle for any specific or any specific happening in Africa that you would like explained. Send us a text or voice message via WhatsApp to plus 254-7990. 42531. You can also subscribe to our program. You download episode and leave a review at www.sidedev.net. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Many thanks to our reporters, Charles Pensulo, Jubia Zulu, Njenje Chizu, Joseph Eluya, and our whole team, Ben Dating, Fiona Boom, Uchengo Godo, Kelvin Otino, and of course, Harry Lewis. Today's program was put together by Harrison Lewis, the editor, me, Jackie Oparafatoye, and our global editor, Fiona Boom. I'm Jackie Oparafatoye. See you next year. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs>